Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 34. Anyone out there struggle to remain calm when dealing with your teenager? It's certainly been something that I have struggled with in my parenting journey, so that's what I'm here to help you with. This podcast will give you really practical advice and tips to remain calm when dealing with your teenager because I truly believe if you can remain calm when doing this, you can remain calm in pretty much any situation. So listen in and enjoy. Welcome, welcome. Glad you are listening today. And today I'm talking about missing your teenager. Or are you missing your teen? And it's kind of a play on words, because I don't actually mean missing them in the literal sense of that they are away from you and you're missing them. But are you missing their life and what's going on with them in the present moment? And this was a lesson I learned from my youngest son in a big way, which I will explain a little later in this episode. So the idea for this episode came to me from a book that I am currently reading, and it's all about time management. And in case you're interested, it's called 4,000 Weeks, um, Time Management for Mortals. It's by Oliver Berkman. And I'm kind of interested in all things time management right now because I'm sort of thinking about how I master my time and my schedule. But there was a section in the book that talks about our relationship to time with our children. And it specifically talks about parenting books and philosophies that are all geared to future focus and how we are with our children right now is really in an effort to raise them to be successful adults in the future, which all sounds great. And we all have this as a job that has been handed to us to raise successful law-abiding citizens who are kind and are productive members of society. And these books, starting with um, books like What to Expect When You're Expecting, so even before your children are born, I know that's one that I read, they start us off on this anxiety-producing track And it's a guidebook that sort of really states that every single thing you eat, say how you put your child to sleep, impacts their future selves. It all rests on on you as parents, every single health issue, success, or failure that your child encounters or could, uh, could potentially be traced back to you and your success and what you did as a parent. Now, I know I'm sounding a little bit dramatic here, but not much, like it this is how we think, or at least this is how I used to think. And I'm not really suggesting that we completely abandon the notion that our parenting impacts our children. I absolutely do believe our parenting impacts our children. Uh, However, it may not always be in the way that we think. And there's sort of also another way to look at our impact. So here's my example to sort of illustrate this. So As I mentioned before in a previous episode, my younger son struggles with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and it's like an anxiety-based 
um, issue. And I have spoken about him not listening to me as far as, you know, treatments he should do, um, what he should read, what podcasts he should listen to and how to deal with it. He really was not having any of this. But also as I was helping him deal with what he was experiencing, I began to see him through a lens only of his future self and his diagnosis and how this would impact him in the future. And of course, I would think it would most certainly be in a negative way in my view. And also, of course, that this had to all be my fault because aren't I a little bit OCD and anxious myself? So I was thinking about the genetics that that I had passed on to him. So for around this time, I was really completely missing my son as he was because I was so future focused and afraid of what might happen to him or not happen for him in the future. And really when I was looking through this fear-based lens, I was missing sort of anything good or the sort of normal everyday uh, happenings that were going on in his life. And I was always looking at him with worried eyes, basically. That's how I describe it. My eyes would sort of be saying, or my demeanor around him would be kind of saying in a sense, like, you're not okay, and it's my fault. And I know that he could feel that. And also that he would oftentimes, because of this lens I was looking at him through, he would want to pretend to be okay for my sake, because my fearful way of being was not something that he thought he should be adding to. Like he didn't want me to worry more about him because it looked like I didn't really have the capacity to handle that. So I don't really remember if there was an exact moment I realized this, but I did eventually figure out that I was missing out on who he was in the present moment for fear of all that could happen potentially. And that was all just really, it was made up in my head. And this is how all anxiety and worry really presents itself. We are, as parents, playing out a future unknown and trying to solve for it, which is impossible because it's an unknown. So we can't solve for something that we don't know that's happening yet, if you understand what I'm saying. So what's the answer to this? And how do we manage this in a simple yet effective way. So really, as with all the things that I share on here, it does take awareness to know that you're doing this. So here are some questions to answer. And in order to answer these questions, I really want you to just think about a struggle you're having uh, with your teenager or have had with your teenager at some point. And the questions are as uh, how am I missing the present with my teenager because of worrying about their future? So I think we all do this with our kids all the time or the people that we love. Um, we're thinking about how what they're doing now is going to impact their future. Like, And as I started thinking about this concept and reading about it in the book, I realized, yeah, like this causes so much anxiety because we are imagining Anything that they're doing in the present moment, we're imagining how that's going to impact them in the future and how our parenting or lack of doing something or doing something the wrong way has impacted them. And so we end up missing out on their present. 
So another question is, how is the worrying helping you manage the current issue you are dealing with? So what I've heard about said about worrying, and I believe it's true, is that worrying pretends to be necessary. So we feel like we're doing something when we're worrying. But when you really think about it, how does the actual act of worrying itself help you manage the current issue you are dealing with? And also, when you think about this struggle, what are the thoughts that come up around it? So I'm going to give you some examples of my own thoughts around my issue, because as I've said before, thoughts are things that are not factually true. They're things that our brain offers us. And so some of the thoughts that were coming up with my particular issue were, I would think he's not going to be okay. He will never be able to function normally in society. He's going to ruin his health. He won't be able to manage this. He's going to have to be dealing with and struggle with this forever. So those are a few of thoughts that my brain was offering me. And like I said, all of these thoughts we believe as factual when we are thinking them, but we need to take time to question every single one of them. They are all, uh, in my case, they were all future focused and projections of what I thought would happen. And so when you look at these, you can root them out and clarify the actual problem and issue with only the facts, like only something that can be proven in a court of law. And that is where you can begin to calm your brain down and actually deal with the facts of the situation without adding the extra layer of unhelpful and largely untrue thoughts that our brains give to us. And again, remember that our brains are trying to protect us, but they are not great left unchecked. They're not just great if you leave your brain to run wild with every single thought and then believe that it's true. So really, once I realized I was missing my son, like missing out on his literal present life and paid more attention to who he was in the present on a daily basis, and I started to see him as a whole and not flawed person, um, like, or I guess that I'll, I'll restate that. I started to see him as a whole, like imperfect person as we always are. And, but not like, not like flawed. I mean, who he was uniquely, challenges and all. And I was able to relate to him with more calm and certainly less fear. So my calming down around him allowed to be, allowed me to be more, um, actually allowed him to be more calm and open with me when he was struggling because he then sensed that I could carry it with him and was not so activated and in fear all the time. So I sensed him relax a little bit around the situation because he wasn't so afraid of like, setting me off or triggering me into this fear response where I could um, get really upset very quickly and start kind of yelling at him about all the things he should be doing. So I will tell you that this is a process of realization and it didn't happen overnight. But if you use the questions that I mentioned previously above, just to examine if you are being so future focused with your teenager that you're missing them in the present moment. You're missing the experience with them right now. 
And this isn't meant to be one of those things where it says, um, it, it kind of bugs me so much when people say, oh, you'll miss the, you'll miss these moments when they're gone. I don't mean to say that there isn't space for you to feel these things and just to make it seem like you can't ever feel any sort of negative emotions or feel any fear. It, it, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. I don't want to just bright side everything and you can't feel any of those other emotions along with anything. I always say you have to allow space for all the emotions, but I just want you to bring to mind how much the future focus is bringing up more anxiety and fear for you in your parenting journey. Okay. So I hope that's helpful. And also before I go, I just want to tell you about a free coaching offer that I have starting in March. I am looking for a few more coaching clients to beta test my six weeks six week coaching program that focuses on parenting in the teenage years. And so it's, it's free and If you are interested in this, please reach out to me via email. I'll put my email in the show notes and then I can provide you with some more details. Okay, so I really hope that you found this episode useful. And if you did, if you can think of somebody who would benefit from it as well, if you would please uh, share it along and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I have something to offer you. And that is a video that I have made to help if you've ever lost it on your teenager. And I made this video because I think this is something that we all struggle with as parents or caregivers of teenagers. We all struggle with it as parents or caregivers of children of any age, really. And I made the video to explain why we do this, what to do if it's happened to you, and just to give you some support with this situation and release the shame and blame of it all. And I hope that you find it so helpful. So how do you get it? If you go to the show notes of the podcast and click the link that says grab your free video here, it will take you to a page to sign up and the the video will be delivered straight to your inbox. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day.